great. Ooh, hello. Sorry, I was <clears throat> waiting for like a phase and then I was caught out on the side. Um, <clears throat> hi. Um, have you ever... Have you ever asked the question or have you ever wondered... I'm still here, it's okay. <laughs> um, have you ever wondered... Or asked yourself the question, who, who is it easier to get into heaven for, for, for good people or bad people? So who is it easiest to get to heaven to be with Jesus, good people or bad people? Or, or to put it, I guess, in more kind of Bible language, who, who in the world is more, is more lost, is more far away from being with Jesus? Rebels or religious people? I don't know if you've ever asked that question. Maybe you've never, maybe you've never even considered that that's, that that's an issue. Um, kind of lost, far from God, rebels, religious people. But Jesus uh, told a story about that very issue. And he, told it, and he told this story to a group of people who were both rebellious and religious. So in this group of people... There were people there who, who were looked down upon, who were hated because of their badness, just because of how badly they behaved. But also in the same group that the same story was told, there was a group of people who were, who were really respected, really high up because of, their, because of their goodness, really respected because of their good, high moral behaviour. And Jesus told this story about being lost and about being a rebel and about being religious. And he told this story to those people. And the story is about a dad. And the dad had two sons, a younger son and an older son, obviously. Um, younger son and an older son. And the story starts with, with the younger son. And he, he just wanted to be free. Maybe you've met people like that. Maybe you know, you know some university students or or maybe your kids are old enough and as they go off to university, they, they just want to be free. They want to enjoy everything that is out there in the world, everything that life has to offer. They'll just go out and they want to be free. But because they're young, because they're students, they don't have any money, which is the same as this younger son. He wanted complete freedom to do whatever he wanted to do, but he didn't have any money. He knew that he would get money eventually when his dad died and he had the inheritance, but he really needed money now. This younger son was really good at plans, really very excellent at planning things. So he came up with a plan, and so he went to his dad and said, I want my inheritance now. I don't want to wait. I need it now. I want my inheritance right now. You can imagine that that conversation is... Well, at the very least, it's awkward. I mean, what's he saying to his dad? Basically, I wish you weren't here anymore. I just, I just want the money that's coming to me. I don't want to wait another 20, 30, 40 years until you die. I, want, I just want your money now, and I don't want anything to do with you, but just I want your money. Just a horrible thing to say. I don't think any of us would even dream of saying that to our parents, but a horrible, horrible thing to say. What's even more surprising than him asking that question is what the dad did. The dad was shocking, and he said, okay. There's a kindness in the father. So he, he sold some of his land, and he kind of jiggled all the money bits around, and he said, okay, here you go, son. Here is your, 
inheritance. And the son was off with, with no thank you, no see you soon. He just went off, got on a plane and went as far away as he could. Just to the, the furthest kind of party capital in the world that he could think of with all his money. He just went and he had a great time. He was at parties, he was drinking and eating, he was doing other things with lots of people, kind of all night dances, just the whole thing, having this brilliant, this freedom, exploring everything that, that life could possibly offer him. But over time he started to run out of money. And because he was running out of money, he began to run out of friends. And as he was running out of money and running out of friends, he... He started to run out of, of food because there was this big famine in the place that he was. So he didn't have any money, didn't have any friends, didn't have any food. So his plan was that he had to get a job. But the only job that he could find was to work with pigs. Do you think working with pigs is going to be a nice job or a horrible job? Horrible job, pretty stinky. But that was the only job that he could get. So as he was working with the pigs, he realised, well, I don't have any money, so I can't stay in a hotel. I haven't got any friends, so I can't sleep on anyone's sofa or in their spare room. And I don't really have any food, so the only place I can sleep is here with the pigs. The only food that I can eat is the food that I can kind of save from the pigs. He, he, this son had just hit rock bottom. He couldn't be more flat on his face if he tried, long way from home, just everything, all his hopes and dreams, squashed and destroyed, living with the pigs, eating with the pigs. It's a pretty horrible, pretty horrible place, just hungry all the time. And so again, he thought, I need a plan. I'm so desperate, I need something to change. And so his plan was this. He thought, well, the only person I can think of that could maybe help is my dad. I don't, I don't really want to go back, but, but at least he treated his servants quite well and they could sleep in a bed and they had a little bit of money and they at least had some food that wasn't this kind of pig food. I've got a, it's the only person I can go back to, but I need a plan of how to kind of get myself back in. So his plan really was, was two things, to say two things. He was going to say, firstly, I'm sorry, and second... Give me a job. That was it. That was his plan. So he was practicing. He was like, okay, I need to think. So, okay, uh, I'm sorry. I know I can't be your son anymore. Give me a job as one of your hired servants. Perfect. So as every man in every country, in every year of history, he started walking led by his stomach not really kind of thinking about anything else apart from the next meal. And we're just practicing. It's like, I'm so hungry. I just, I've, got to, I've got to get this speech right. So I'm sorry. I know I can't be your son anymore, but give me a job. Just kind of hire me as one of your servants. And he was going back home and he was practicing and practicing and practicing until he got in sight of his old village where he used to live. And he realized that there was a a commotion. There was kind of piles of dust flying up from the ground. And he was kind of got a bit closer and he was squinting and, and, and still thinking of his speech, still thinking of what he had to do. But he, he realised that there was someone running towards him. 
Someone was running through the village towards him. And he stopped in fear. Because he's thinking, who is that? Someone's running at me, but who is it? If it's a villager, I'm in trouble. Because they know what I've done. They know I've brought shame on my family. I've brought even shame on their village. If, it's, if a villager has seen me and is coming towards me, I'm in serious trouble. But then he thought, oh no, what if it's my brother? Like he was always bigger than me. I know what he can do if he gets me. And then he thought, oh, I really hope it's not my dad. If, if my dad has seen me and he is running towards me, he is mad. And he is going to give me a kicking because of what I've done. So he thinks, well, I've really got, to, really got to get my speech right. This makes my speech really, really important. So he gets planning and he's thinking, okay, two things. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm really sorry. I know I can't be your son anymore. Give me a job. No, no, no. Please give me a job. Yeah, that's better. Please give me a job as one of your hired servants. So he's got his new speech. I'm really sorry. Really, really sorry. I can't be your son, but can you please make me one of your hired slaves and servants? So he carries on walking, a bit more nervous, but more confident in his plan. The guy that was running was his dad. But he wasn't running at him with, with anger or hatred. He was running at him with, well, with love, really. So ever since his younger son had left, the father had been looking and waiting and hoping and praying and dreaming that his younger son would come back safely. And as soon as the father saw him just a long way off, he ran. And that was really shocking. It's still shocking today. It's kind of rich respectable people run in their work suits. That kind of feels a bit weird, but even more so back when Jesus was telling the story that this rich landowner, this respectable, good, clean, sensible man was running, getting sweaty and dirty and hot and out of breath, running through the streets of where he lives, where he owned, running to try and get to his son. Completely shocking. So the younger son sees the father coming and he gets ready, takes a deep breath and he gets his speech ready. Do you remember what it is? I am really sorry. I know I can't be your son. But that's as far as he gets. That's as far as he gets in his big speech to give to his dad because his dad sees him and he jumps on him. He jumps on him, stops him from talking, and just hugs him, kind of bear hug, kisses and tears, I love yous, completely different to how the younger son thought his dad was going to be. You can imagine the younger son just kind of stood there, like, what, what's, what's going on? What's he doing? So the father's there, and, he, and he's hugging and kissing his son, and he shouts to his servants, get him my best suit bring it out, put it on him, bring in the family ring. And you know that special calf that we were saving for a special occasion? This is it. My son is back. He was lost and he's found. He was dead, now he's alive, and he's back, and we're going to have a party. Imagine the, the size of this party. Again, completely shocking, but this huge party with singing and dancing and amazing food, and you can picture the scene, maybe. Everyone is really happy, everyone's there 
you've got the father on his chair and he's just talking to his son and he's kind of pointing at everyone and waving. He's back, he's back, he's back. The father's there in his chair, the youngest son is there on his chair and next to him on the other side is an empty chair. It's the chair where the older brother, the older son should be. But he's not. Because the older son is still out in the field working his job. So the older son is in the fields and he, again he hears a commotion back in the houses and he hears what he thinks is music. That, that could be singing. I kind of smell like a kind of a barbecue smell and I, 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 what's going on? So he asks the servant, oh what's, what's happening in the house? And the servant says, brilliant news, this is the best news ever. Your brother's back. He's back, he's well, he's fine, and your father's having a party. Maybe if you were in that situation, you'd feel really happy too, if your kind of younger brother had gone and then he'd, he'd come back. But this older brother was furious. He was furious at his dad for, for having this party, so he starts storming off to the house. But before he can get there, again, another shock, the father runs out to meet him. See, the father, whose party it is, leaves his chair and runs outside to meet his son, his eldest son. And he says, son, come back. Your, your brother's back. We've got him back. He was lost, now he's found. The older son, with a face of thunder, says, how dare you? How dare you have a party for him? He left us. And he left me in the field. I've been in the field all this time. I've been slaving away, obeying everything you've told me to do, whenever you've told me to do it, and you've never even given me a present. You've never even given me a little goat to have as a barbecue with my friends. I've been here all the time, and your son has been off. And we know what he's been doing. We know what he spent his money on. How dare you have a party for him? But the father, again, looks at his son with the same love that he has for his younger son, looks at his older son and says, son, he was lost, but he's now found. He was dead and he's now alive. I love him and we're having a party to celebrate. And I love you. Come in with me. Come in with me. Come out of the field. Come in with me to the party. And then Jesus stops telling the story and that's kind of frustrating is that not a little bit oh come on Jesus there's, surely there's got to be a, another scene you know we want to know if it's a happy ending with kind of nice happy music or a sad ending with, with sad music we, we want to know what happened next but I think that's that's the genius of that story is that it, 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 it brings us into it and we think well what happens to the older brother to the older son Remember, Jesus is talking to a crowd where there are naughty people and good people. So rebels and righteous people. And he really is talking about, okay, so who is it? Who's easier to get into heaven? Who's, who's easier to come and be with, with, with Jesus in heaven? Is it good people or bad people? Who is, who's more lost? So who's furthest away from God? Is it good people, religious people, or is it bad people, kind of naughty rebellious people. See, actually, the answer is that both 
Both are lost. Both are far away, equally far away from being with God. See, the younger son, that's kind of obvious, isn't it? Because he was a long way away. He went to spend all his money on all the bad things that you can possibly imagine. He was obviously didn't like his dad, just wanted his stuff and left as far away as he could, living, just doing whatever he wanted to, as far away as he could. Of course, that's obvious that he was lost. And yet the father came for him, ran to meet him and said, come back, I love you, gave him some new clothes and had a party with him. But actually the older brother is lost as well. Okay, he's not out in a far place kind of doing naughty things. He's close by working, but, but he's, he didn't like his dad any more than his brother, did he? He was just there being his slave, just obeying his dad, not, not loving his dad, not wanting anything to do with his dad, just kind of wanting his stuff, you know, enjoying his dad's stuff, but not enjoying his dad. He was lost. He was far away. The father loves him too and says, son, I love you. Come with me. Come inside with me. Be a real part of my family. Come and be with me. I wonder which of those two brothers, which of those sons that you most identify with? Whether you're um, a Christian and you've been a Christian and been in churches for like forever or maybe this is your first time or or you're just kind of here and you're investigating what being a Christian is. I wonder which of those two sons you most identify with. Maybe, Maybe you identify very closely with the younger son, like the naughty one. The one who does all he can just to just to be free, to have a free life with no one telling him what to do, just spending as much money as he can with whoever he can and doing terrible, terrible, wicked, naughty things. Maybe, maybe that's kind of how you feel. You just think, yeah, you know, I, I've lived and I've been far from God. I've not really wanted anything to do with him and I've done things and, 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 and seen things which, which you could only imagine. Well, if that's you... And Jesus says to you, I love you, and I have come for you. And I guess you need to think, well, is that true, or is that too good to be true? That, that, that this Jesus, this perfect one, the Son of God, came for me, who is someone who is so far away, so dirty, so naughty, and yet loves me and died for me. Is that true or, or can that be true? Or is that, is that too good to be true? Really, that's something which you need to, to wrestle with. But maybe you're more like the older son. You know, you've, you've been in church for a long time or you just, you just want to, like you're not into rebelling, but you're kind of into being respected. Uh, you, you want people to look up at you kind of morally where you give to charity and you make sure... Everyone knows it. You, uh, you help every old woman across the road, whether she wants to cross or not. You just, that's just, you, would just, you just do things to kind of be good. And you're not living for God. You're not really thinking anything about him. Maybe that's you. Maybe even if you are a Christian, that's still how you, you think God is. You're a Christian, but, but God is just far away. And Okay, he's here on a Sunday because we're in church, and that's obvious. But look, the rest of the week, I can do what I want. 
and I don't rebel and, I don't, and I'm not naughty but actually I can do what I want by being good and by kind of being moral and clean and if that's you then Jesus says that you're lost as well Jesus says that without him you are, you are far away you are lost and your only hope is Jesus himself and so whichever older, whichever son you're like, the older one or the younger one, that verse that we saw earlier from 1 John, that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to, to, what, to forgive you, to clean you. Whether you are far away from God and kind of dirty and you know you are, that's true, that verse is still true for you. And you might think, yeah, but you haven't, you, you don't know what I've done you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've seen. I don't. But Jesus does. And he came for you, to forgive you, to clean you. But even if you think you're good, that you've done good things, you're respectful, you're respected, well, without Jesus, you're, you're lost. You're still in trouble. And that verse that we said, it still can still be true for you, that you can come to Jesus, even in your, your goodness. And say, I've lived my life far from you. Or even, I am a Christian, but I have been living my life far from you by trying to be good and trying to be respected apart from you. But the message of Christianity is is that all of us, whoever we are, whoever you are, whatever you've done, whether you're good or bad, somewhere in the middle, whoever you are, you can be with Jesus. You can be in his family. You can be forgiven and cleaned and accepted for all eternity if you come to him and be honest with him.